0: Uh, last week I was talking about the fact that, you know, people would tell you that you need to be holy before, uh, before you can receive baptism in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not dwell in a dirty vessel. And I tried to trash that mindset last week that, you know, what do people describe as holiness? Is that, are people looking at holiness based on your actions and they are saying that you have to be a saint before you receive the Holy Spirit? Okay, if that's the definition that you have to be perfect, flawless, don't you know, not even make mistake in your in the words you speak, and um, then I think on that basis nobody will be qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? But for what we've seen with the Father is that holiness is of our spirit. Now the Bible tells us in the Book of Hebrews chapter ten that Jesus, by His death, by the sacrifice of His body, we are purified. We are Holified, my grammar. We are holified. We are made holy. And I make us understand that, you know, if our actions did not help us to become holy, our actions cannot deholify us. So the holiness which God has given to us, and the holiness we're talking about here is ascribed to you, is a gift to you. It's not something you worked for. So he made you holy. So through the death of Jesus, you are made holy. You are declared righteous and acceptable to God. So if your holiness is on the basis of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, then you are qualified to receive the Holy Spirit because the holiness that God is looking at is a holiness based on who you are in your spirit, not holiness based on your actions. If you can be made holy by your actions, right, you don't need Jesus Christ. But no one is ever qualified. No one is perfect. No one can ever be perfect. We will still always make mistakes. Right, and I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, I'm trying to talk about religious people. You know, they tend to give you some uh, things, religious things you should do, actions that you need to complete, you need to standards you must meet uh, for you to be considered holy before God. Now, the question is this: Who set those standards? Friends, I said I said last week that your walk with God is a personal thing, and um, you have to. Kind of acquaint yourself with the Word of God. No. Est- ensure your heart is established in the Word of God. Know the Word of God for yourself. Don't leave off what people are telling you. Many people, they don't know what the Bible says. And I said to you last week, the fact that somebody has been preaching the gospel, not gospel, gospel in quote. somebody has been sp- talking things about the Bible for 20 years doesn't mean they know the Word of God. Amen. So please avail yourself to that message and um, you would... Really be, you will really be blessed. Uh, I was so blessed. I've watched it about twi- two, twice now. I watched the message two, two times during the week. And besides the other excerpt that I watched, yeah, I do watch my message. Yesterday I was having, I was very, very tired uh, because I've been doing a lot of stuff. And watching my message about two of them kind of really conditioned my mind. I was so peaceful when I was calm and then went to bed. Right. So I listened to myself. I'm also blessed by what I teach. Amen. Brilliant. So let's get into it today. Oh, I miss Shanice today. Shanice is away on holiday, right? Um, yeah, she's, um, she really loves to be here. Uh, we miss you. We look forward to having you when you're back from holiday and tell us what happened on the other end. Amen. Right, so we carry on talking about speaking uh, with uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. So three other meets I want to boss today. I speak fast, but I'll try to be slow in the Spirit. Amen. Right, because I'm so excited about this. Now, people say things like, "Speaking in tongues is done away with." Now, in case you are watching this for the first time, or you're joining us on this series for, the, I mean, for the first time. Now, please, I will ask you to go to the book of Acts, chapter two, and read verse four. The Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out on humanity, believers put it that way, right? Uh, the first set of people who encountered, who experienced you know, that dimension of the Holy Ghost where the early apostles. early apostles and the disciples of Jesus, the guys who saw him ascend into heaven when he was ascended to the Father, right? Now, these guys were in a particular location, together in unity, praying in the Spirit, not praying in the Spirit, no, no, they praying they were in unity, yeah, uh, let me correct myself there, praying together in unity, and when the day of Pentecost came, Right, uh, Pentecost. Okay, we'll talk about the Pentecost later on. Right, so don't. I don't want you to think it's one particular day of the year. Of one, there's a particular day. You know, don't don't be. They say, we are no longer in the disp- dispensation of the Old Testament, whereby you will be. Okay, I think the Holy Spirit is saying to me that some churches are still running Pentecost Day, friends. Uh, I can't remember all of this theology behind this Pentecost thing right now. I think it's over uh, fifty, fifty-two days after. Uh, you know. Permit, forgive me today. I can't remember the all of a Passover. Uh, seven weeks, seven weeks. There's some. There's a theology behind it. Uh, in future, I'm going to teach it. So, uh, uh, Pentecost was a was an annual thing to a very much extent. So it's not like something. There was a particular day of Pentecost that the Holy Ghost came down, right? No, it was. You know, I'll teach it in future. Just bear with me. But as it's coming up in my spirit. You should not be waiting for another day of Pentecost. So when people tell you that they want to hold a Pentecost service for the outpouring, fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost, they don't know what they are doing and they don't know what they are saying. Right? The Bible tells us that the, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit, and this is even before he was uh, crucified, he said when the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us, right? he said it's going to be abide with us forever. So whether you feel like the Holy Spirit is with you or you don't feel like it, right, that does not change the position of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is with you, is by you, is in you, is walking with you 24-7. So your feeling will not displace or make him change his position. right? He's assigned to be with you, to guide you. You know, Please avail yourself to the, all the teachings that I've been doing in the past few weeks. The Holy Spirit is your guide, is your counselor, Right? Is your, a, a, your standby? Is ever there? Ask him a question, he will give you the answer straight away. Not, it depends on you how quickly or how sensitive or how spiritually intelligent you are to be able to quickly decode the word of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has started again this morning. Okay, I'm going to do this job because I want to teach my stuff. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right? So it depends on how spiritually intelligent you are that. Okay. How how spiritually intelligent you are will determine how quickly you can respond or you can hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to you. See, there's no such thing as God is silent, or there's a season in your life that God is silent. It is unintelligent. Parents, listen carefully. When I say it's unintelligent, it's an unintelligent way of thinking, an unintelligent statement that a child will be in distress, and we ask his father or. A dedicated counselor by the Father We ask them a question and that counselor or the Father will not respond. It makes no sense. What I'm saying is this. Now, the Holy Spirit in our life is God's presence in our life. So the Holy Spirit, okay. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that we have not received the spirit of the world, ungodly spirit. We have received a spirit that is from God. That we may receive the things that have been, that we may know the things that have been freely given unto us. So the Holy Spirit is sent into your life to help you to know your rights and your privileges in Christ Jesus. To help you to know the victory that God has given to you in Christ Jesus. To help you to know how much authority you carry as a child of God. So if the Holy Spirit is there in your life to do those things, to show you, to tell you the truth. So tell me. How you will be in the stress one day and you will pray to the Father and God will be silent. It is unintelligent. It is dumb. Amen. You can see I'm not mean. I'm just being um, passionate about it. Right? So there's no such thing as when God is silent or a season of wilderness when God is silent. No, they, they are all nonsense. And the reason why I think I'm passionate about it is because. It is injuring people's effective, it is injuring the effective, okay. It is injuring people from having an effective relationship with the Father. Because at the back of your mind, you have thoughts like, God may answer, He may not answer. I hear some unintelligent things that people say things like, you know, when you ask God for something, He may say, yes, no, maybe, or be quiet. I don't understand. I don't get it. Do you know the Bible? Jesus said in the book of John, I think, chapter 17, verse 23. He said, let's go there. Amen. John 17, 23. So I've not started my own teaching yet. I'm only doing what the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about, and then we get into my teaching. What was that? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. He, he sent me here, so he gave me the job right. Um, I can't disobey my boss. I just got to do it, right? And I know with attitude, I'm very nice about it. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Check this out. John chapter 17, verse 23. The Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking. He said, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I've loved them even as you have loved me. Friends, the Bible clearly help us understand that we are children of God. The Bible clearly help us understand that we are members of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, As many have received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God, the Bible says. So if you are a Christian, you are a child of God. And just the way God loves Jesus, the same way he loves you. So God does not love Jesus more than he loves you. They may sound um, how do how do religious people put it? Um huh? blasphemy or heretical, that's an heresy. No, 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 no. This is the Bible. So we should ask who the heret who the heretic is. Is that the right word to use? Yeah, excuse me. We should ask who the heretic is, the person who is not reading their Bible and coming up with stuff in their mind, or some or me who is looking at what the Bible says. Friends, see the truth is this: there's no point. Being a Christian, if you don't want to follow what the Bible says, because the foundation of our Christian faith is what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says and we are saved as a result. So we should carry on conducting ourselves and believing what the Bible says. So you don't start with the Bible and start making up stuff for yourself along the way. It makes no sense. So you are either in or out. There's no sitting on the fence. And we should not use the instrument, philosophy, ideology of the people of the world who do not know God to describe Christianity or to describe God. It makes no sense. It is stupid. Amen. So, there should be no such thing as when God is silent. It does not exist. He is your father. He cares about you. If you speak to him right now concerning that situation, he gives you the answer straight away. Many times you don't get it because your mind is thinking of me- like one million options and alternatives and uh, methods or approach to that problem. And as long as you, you are surfing through all the millions of the ideas and approaches that you have been advised or given on social media, you can't hear God. So the problem is not God not speaking. The problem is that you are not listening. Okay, let me rephrase that so it doesn't sound, come across as if I mean. So the problem, is not that God, the problem is not that God is not speaking. The problem is that we are not listening. Or we do not know how to recognize his voice when he speaks to us. Friends, if you are not very, very conversant with the Bible and understand the Word of God, not just the history and the story in the Bible, and don't understand how God communicates with you from the Word of God, from the Bible documented one, if you don't know it, when God is speaking to you concerning the situation, you will not be able to recognize his voice. And what you hear is that God is silent. I don't like that nonsense. What do you mean by God is silent? Amen. So when do you know when God starts speaking? So if God is silent and, you go, and people say there's a wilderness experience where you go through some situations in your life and God is silent. So how will they know when God starts speaking? Someone, don't, someone do not know what they are saying. That's what it is. So if you are going through any kind of challenge and if you are the person God is speaking to this morning, I want to say to you that God is not silent. And there's no such thing as wilderness experience. You are the one not listening. I'm not saying that we don't go through times whereby it's one challenge after the challenge after challenge after challenge. And to some extent, some challenges that are just keep coming around keep coming around, that are not, for, for example, maybe death in the family and some stuff like that. Many of some difficult situations in our lives, to some extent, are some of them as a result of our oversight or carelessness or not paying attention. Say for instance, the taxman came after you, and you and you realize that you are in debt in thousands, right? The problem is not that the devil is after you; you didn't pay your taxes, right? And all of those things are just closing in on you and overwhelming you in a sense and stuff like that. No, but God is not. No, it's not something demonic in a sense. It's because of your oversight. you were not paying attention, or no, you didn't. Take things seriously. So, some things we go through in life, besides some natural disasters, some evil things that demons do, you know, and things are just closing in on us and it seems overwhelming. And I'm not trying to condemn us yet. Some of these things are caused by our negligence to a degree. So, I'm trying to help us have a balanced Christian life so that you know how to take responsibility when you should take responsibility. And you don't expect God to always supernaturally step in. Don't be careless. Don't be negligent. Be serious. Be studious. Pay attention. Parents, I repeat, pay attention to what the kids are doing. Kids can be funny. Just behave as if they know. I was saying to a parent one day, I said, one of the things I hate most about about some nasty behavior of kids is how they try to play on my intelligence. Because I'm watching you. I'm seeing that what you're doing is you're not doing the right thing. And in their own mind, they think they're intelligent, and they'll be te- they'll be lying to me in my face. I'm like, "Are you are you all right?" And I know I wasn't. I'm like, "Are you saying I'm stupid?" But do you know that when kids have gotten away, when kids get away with a lot of stupid things they do, right? And you don't get, because you are not paying attention, right? The enemy then, God forbid have access into their life then you would go shouting screaming oh lord why lord why no 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 the problem is not lord why lord why we're not paying attention and i do, and i have examples and examples of parents that i met who are not paying attention they are not listening to what the kids are doing when the kids when a child we draw to ourselves to himself and he's not talking you drop things And they, you don't say no that one is just quiet you it those ones that, that look quiet i'm not saying all of them but many of them that look quiet what is going on in their mind, their brain, you'll be surprised. Because they are usually the nice breeding ground for the enemy or the Holy Ghost. Amen. I repeat. Those quiet ones, they are the nice breeding ground for the enemy or the Holy Ghost. Most of the time it's the enemy. Because they will think it, they will scheme it. Parents, please pay attention. When your child begins to swear, where did he get it from? Holy Spirit, are we still touching about the Holy Spirit? I'll carry on, sir. When your child begins, you feel the and foul languages. Where did they get it from? What movies are you guys watching? What friends are you guys keeping? There are people in my life that I would, if I had kids, and my kids are around five years old, there are people in my life that I would not allow their kids to come near my kids. I'm not joking. Lovely people, lovely parents but because they are negligent and not paying attention to their kids their kids aren't coming around my kids i love the parent but i'm not i'm going to allow those kids to influence my kids no if we're going to go out do stuff together we do it together as a family and i'm watching everybody listening to what everybody i would rather probably take uh take take on the task on myself to go sit down with the kids let me babysit Because I'm going to allow one child to dump nonsense in my child, and I'll start fasting and praying and purging my child. No. I'm even now I'm thinking, how am I going to send my child to school? Probably I'll do homeschooling. So I better work better. Because I ain't going to raise a monster. Because of a negligence. So when you hear a love triangle from a five or six-year-old, that they have somebody they love... And you just say, no, it's kid's teen. Ah, you're approaching teenage pregnancy. I'm not cursing you. I'm telling you guys the truth. Bless Jasmine for the things she was sharing with us uh, last week about what's going on in, 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 in the academic sector, in a sense, and stuff like that. Amen. So there's no such thing as God is silent. Besides demonic attacks, some problems we go through are as a result of our negligence. And this is not to condemn us. This is not for us to beat ourselves up. It's to learn a lesson and say, "How do I cor- make corrections and get on the right track?" Please pay attention. Amen. Point number two. So I've done the. the uh, I've given you guys the word from the Holy Spirit. So this is one challenge I have on Sundays. You know, you know. I, I'm encouraging you guys. Please read your Bible and follow the Holy Ghost during the week, so that. You, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will not have to take 10 minutes out of my teaching time to address the issues in your mind and your heart. And then, you know, because I was going to finish complete this teaching today. But, you know, the more you guys are joining online or people are coming in and questions are coming up in your heart, you tell me, this person, this problem here, there's a problem here. And we have to deal with it. and we do the Transformers Connect. There are things I cannot cover everything. I can't cover on Sunday because God wants to speak to the heart of people. So you come to Transformers Connect, I deal with some stuff there. And some other meetings we're going to be having to help you guys grow. Amen. Fantastic. 20 minutes to go. Now, speaking. So uh, another kind of a myth that people have concerning speaking in tongues is that um, speaking in tongues is done away with. You know, um, it, I had one silly statement. Someone said, yeah, it went away with the last apostle. And I'm thinking, are we thinking correctly? So what they were trying to say is that when the last apostle, I mean the disciple of Jesus, when the last one of them died, that speaking in tongues ceased. I'm gonna challenge us again. Are we reading our Bibles? So let's look at this. Let's go to First Corinthians uh no, let's go to Acts chapter two, verse thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Acts 2, is seven to 39. I'll read from the NIV. Now it reads: When the people heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? There's a backstory behind this. Please read, take your time, read um, Acts chapter 2, 1 to up until this point uh you know it was on the on Pentecost you know the, the, there was a manifestation of the holy spirit people started speaking with tongues uh some guys came around them had the disciples speaking a different language you know which which is not their native language which they were familiar you know they are kind of familiar with and they thought some of them thought they were drunk you know and there were a lot of uh, there was confusion pandemonium among the guys and Peter rose to tell them what that is. So he preached the gospel. And after he preached the gospel to those guys, and these guys then asked this question, then the Bible says in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, Peter replied, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Do you know who are far off? Now, it says children. Now, we're talking about the Jewish children because this was at this point, Peter was addressing the Jews. The children and those who are far off, people who are not even members, who are not Jewish, and who are not even believers. Because at this point in time, Peter was no longer a Jew from a spiritual standpoint. He was a believer, a child of God. Right. So, he said, this promise is for you and your children. And don't forget, these guys were not even saved. So, Peter was speaking to the people, saying to them that this gift of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with tongues... Is for you and your children. But these guys have not received it yet. They were not believers yet. Because they were not, that's why Peter said to them, they need to repent, isn't it? He said, This promise, the promise is for you and your children. The unsaved, and even their children not saved. And when we say children, we know we're not talking about their immediate children. We're talking about grandchildren. We're talking about generations. So, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Who are the ones far off? The guys, you, myself, who are not Jewish. All of that kind of race and tribe and stuff like that. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, that's a kind of continuation because in NIV here there's an hyphen there. So, For anyone who received Christ Jesus, right, they are entitled to receive or qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues. So when people tell you things like speaking in tongues ended with the last apostle, they are not thinking, they don't know their Bible, they are saying garbage. Because the Bible clearly tells us here that the promise of the Holy Ghost is for, literally, everyone who will believe. Amen. Everyone who would believe. You know, one kind of scripture that people use, or verse of the Bible that people use to justify this, is in the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's start from verse 8. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13.8 says, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, okay, let me take that verse 8 again. It said, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge it will pass away for we know in parts and we prophesy in parts but when completeness comes what is in parts disappears so one of the most unintelligent word statement I've heard from believers is regarding verse 9 now I was speaking to this person and they were discrediting and they were they also have this claim that uh, they hold on to this claim that the, the speaking in tongues ended with the last apostles and um, or it's done away with and they said because the bible says somewhere that that even just got me that ticked me off like are you guys kidding me so the bible says somewhere that when they comp- when that which is complete has come all of these things will cease Amen. Please pray for me this morning to be very nice and very humble because I'm about to get excited about this. And I asked this person, I said, so what, do you, what, what is complete? What do you mean by complete? Guess what they said? The Bible. I said, I, 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 I don't understand. He said, when that which is complete is come. I said, what is complete? I said, the Bible is complete. The Bible. So because, I said, do, do you realize that the Bible was complete? put together, I mean, is a, a compilation of the manuscript uh, of words of life, that people were, people as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. You know, people put it together. I'm trying to put this together I'm trying because I'm in a hurry a little bit now because of our time. Do you know that even in Corinthians, there was a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians that's missing. We call it a lost, a lost epistle. So the Bible, in a sense, there are letters that we wish that we're able to even lay our hands on, you know, of letters that Paul Sokol wrote to one church or the other. So saying that the Bible is, because you have the Bible, it just doesn't make sense. And I try to even help this person to think about what they're saying, but I don't know what, they, they just hold on to it because that's what their priest or their pastor or their preacher said to them. And this is what they've held on to for so many years. And this person, they don't pray in tongues. Amen. So another silly one that I had is the one that the fact that Jesus has come. I said, I don't understand. Because the first coming of Jesus, the Bible talks about the second coming of Jesus. I think 1 Corinthians 15 now. It talks about the fact that we'll have a resurrected body when he appears. And the Bible is always talking about the hope of our salvation, the salvation of our body. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. Have you. Is it that you have not read your Bible to differentiate between the first coming, which was, is coming to die for our sins, and to give us, it, so that we may have eternal life? That, I mean, the, the, the God kind of life, to be united with the Father forever, spiritually, to be restored to the Father. The Bible calls it the, the, to, uh, the ministry of reconciliation, to be restored into a state of friendship with the Father. He came to die for us so that through his death, the, the, the barrier of sin between us and God can be removed. Like, do we understand our Bible that the first coming of Jesus, when he came in the human form, when he was born of Mary, of the virgin birth, was, to, was for him to be able to identify with you and I in our human form. And to experience the things that we struggle with. In a sense, not all the nonsense of struggle, with, but the I mean, the kind of temptation that we go through. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way, as we hear Hebrews chapter four, but yet He had no sin. Right. So Jesus came in a human form so that He can identify with us, and that's one of the things that qualified Him to be the one to die for us. Because, beside the fact that the blood that Jesus carried in His body was not of human origin, He experienced what you and I experienced. So, the Bible tells us that we have not a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but having been tempted in every way as we had, yet he had not seen. Amen. So, it shows that people don't understand the Bible and are not reading their Bible. If they can be confusing the first coming of Jesus, his mission on earth, with the second coming, and also saying that because Jesus. Ever came into the earth, so speaking in tongues is done away with. It is not sensible. It makes no sense. It shows biblical illiteracy. I believe some people are, be, are being challenged right now on speaking, but concerning their biblical literacy. <laughs> Amen. Okay, I still have some time. Let me get to point number two. So, uh, to be honest with you guys. For what the Bible tells us about the fact that um, the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit is to everyone, you know, even people are far off, even everyone will come into Christ, right? That tells us that speaking in tongues is not done away with. It didn't end with the last apostles. Now, the other question you can ask this um, ignorant people is that, okay, What happened to all of the other people that the apostles prayed for and laid hands on? Acts chapter 19 tells us about how Paul went to a particular place. You know, the guys were baptized with the baptism of John. He ministered the gospel to them. And then, you know, I think he laid hands on the guys and they started speaking with tongues. What about the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 when Peter went to a particular guy, to to a guy's place, you know, prayed, you know, ministered the gospel to these guys. And these guys were uh we said that we received the gift of the holy spirit so those generations who were also passing it on to their children and the children's children children's children now, can you say it's not making sense? Because if he says it ended with the last apostles, okay, what about the other, other thousands of people that have received the gift who outlived the apostles? So are you trying to say that the gift of speaking in tongues, in the sense, permitting me to use the word gift here, are you saying that that ability to pray in an unknown language was taken from them or spiritually was stuck in them when the last apostle died? It makes no sense. So I'm challenging our theology so that we can no, we can read the Bible carefully and not just believe what people say. I used to be like that. You know, people would say, make a blank statement or an unintelligent statement or, or a thoughtless statement. And I was like, hmm, hmm, because they are a preacher. And I don't bother to think, to question it. And uh, an example was, uh, okay, okay, we, okay, I can't remember a particular example right now, but what I'm, re- I'm trying to remember a particular instance. Uh, where my wife now? Then she was—we're not married. She will ask a question. She will question what a, a man of God says, and I will be so angry. Like, how dare you say this man of? How do you? I just don't even want to hear. It because as far as I was concerned, that man is a man of God. He's a bishop. He, he knows everything. It cannot be wrong. Hence, I struggled a lot in my life compared to what my life, my wife went through. Amen. So I want to have a go at um, some religious people who maybe, you know, I'm not trying to call you, brand you, but I'm saying that if you're a racing religious circle, right, I want to give you that confidence that you can question what, what a man of God teaches. You can ask them questions. You said this, I don't understand, I don't get it. But you know what? Religious people are not always able to explain the word of God to you in love, they will bash and beat you with it right? Uh, but that's not the way of God. Now, Jesus is our perfect example. It's disciples who always go back to him. We don't understand. And the guy never felt irritated, like, what do you mean? No, He would say, explain and break it down to them. So those pastors and preachers, the prophet or whatever they call themselves, you know, when I say whatever they call themselves, what I'm trying to say is that people give themselves titles. I'm not trying to say that the ministry gifts uh, titles are not valid. I'm a pastor, right? Uh, what people give them seven well, amount of titles and people leave for titles in the church. Right? So whatever these guys call themselves, right? Now, if they don't or will not explain the word of God to you, or even if they don't know, say, I do not know, right? I say, let me go study. And I was saying to you guys about the 50 weeks, uh, 50 days after Passover. I can't remember. I've read it a number of times, but I can't remember right now, I guess because my mind is thinking really about I'm going to get this word out to you guys today. right? And When I want to talk about it, I'm going to study. So if somebody asks me questions about this after the service, I'll say, you know what, I need to go refresh my memory about that because these are all theology. So what I get my heart established in is in my rights and privileges in Christ Jesus, some theology in the Bible, trust me, some of them I don't even remember. I remember we were playing a game and... Um, Somebody asks for a name in the Bible. And I was like, I can't remember. And one of our guests were like, was like, ah, you're a pastor, why don't you know? And I'm like, then one of my friends was around and he, he knew that name I was like it's a blah, blah 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 kind of stuff. And the guy was looking at me, the other guy was looking at me weird, like, you don't Do you know how many names are in the Bible? I know the ones that are very, very Paul, Peter, James, I, I know those guys, but somebody's first cousin somewhere, um, a manesh or something, I don't care. And some people will be, and some people are attacking me right now as I'm speaking like, what do you mean? I'll ask you the question, how many names in the Bible can you recite? Maybe because you are reciting all of the names in the Bible, that's why you do not even really understand the gospel of the Bible. Mm. Amen. I don't do debate, but if you get into debate with me, I don't know how that's going to go. Amen. Because I've seen a lot of Christians who can quote scriptures line by line, but we cannot see the evidence of the life of God in them. They are so mean, so abrasive, Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, feel free to ask people questions, but religious people will not explain the Word of God to you. Amen. Uh, I don't know why God is so keen on that for me to explain that to people. Right, so the next myth here I want to bust is the fact that uh, people, not fact, people say speaking in tongues is for a selected few. Because I have just three minutes to go, I will make a few statements and then we get into it really next week. So if everyone watching or listening to me really behave themselves and follow the Holy Ghost this week, right, I will not have a word of knowledge to deal with next week that would take 10 minutes out of my time. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you what, it, what the truth is. I get to me. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I strongly encourage people to come to church on a Sunday, Right, And one of the reasons why we also say that people, believers, should not be a Sunday service, a Sunday Sunday Christian. Because sometimes someone is coming to church for the very first time, and they have some burden and issues going on in their heart and their life. And God just wants to speak to this person, just want to give them comfort, just want to strengthen them, right? Depending on the situation. Some people are actually on their way to committing suicide, and they just want to go to church for the last time and just go commit suicide. Do you think God will watch that person come in and go out and commit suicide? No. Because he cares so much about that life, he's going to give me a word to address that situation. So we may see the service turn from knowing the Holy Spirit to thou shall not commit suicide. And now teach and teach and get to the root of that. And you think thinking, Pastor went off course. No, he didn't go off course. And this has been our... Uh, everyday experience in a sense because even after this service, I'm going to get people messaging me saying, thank you, apostle thank you, blah, blah, blah for this, da, 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 that kind of stuff. Right? Because there's an, there's, a, there's a burden in their heart and God had to address it. So Transformers Connect, when we go live first week in um, July, you don't want to miss it because, you know, this is where we continue the work. You know, what I have on my list is something I can teach in 30 minutes, but I just had to do a good job. I just had to you know, lead the service the way the Holy Spirit leads me. Amen. It's one of the reasons why for Sunday service, I'm not able to really kind of chris light or something and stuff like that because Sunday service is a spirit-led service. Bible study groups, those are Bible study. But worship experience on a Sunday is spirit-led and we have to ensure we, we, we are led by the Spirit as much as we are being guided by the Word of God as we teach. Okay, so uh, speaking, with, speaking in other tongues is not for a selected few, right? That's one statement, one line, but there's so much in it. You, did you notice how I, I try to pieces that myth and lie and deception that speaking in tongues ended with the last apostle, right? So likewise, next week, I'm going to try to bust this myth so that all of those struggles and lies and deception in our mind will be destroyed, the thing is this, if you believe certain spiritual gifts are for a selected few, you will not be able to believe the Holy Spirit for it, receive it, operate in it. Right? God has no favorites in the kingdom of God. God has no favorites. He doesn't play favoritism. The fact I'm a pastor doesn't mean God loves me more than he loves you. If anyone thinks or has taught you that God loves a pastor or a prophet more than he loves you, they have just lied to you. God has no favorite. But you have to learn to see this truth in the word of God. And that's my, one of my jobs, to teach you, to help you to be able to dissect the word of God. Find the truth in it. Praise God. So we'll take it off from there next week. I'll just pray with us and then we can... Um, we. We we go on, offline, you know, um, the live streaming thing, and uh, we just uh, kind of like fellowship here before we uh, we sign out today. Hey, Amen. Let's pray.